Well, good morning, Thrive Church. I want to thank you, Wendell and Patty, for coming and sharing with us this morning, sharing your hearts. I love what God is doing in and through your ministry in Slovakia, and I love it because that is the church. No matter if it's in Slovakia or if it's in the 715 of, of, of Wausau, Wisconsin, that is what we're called to do, and so we partner with you. And so if you're here this morning and you would like to give towards their ministry, you can do that. And uh, they had a card, they had a, 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 a website that they, you can go to, or you can go through our church as well. You can give online, or you can give uh, in the offering boxes as you leave today. So thank you again. And they'll be in the lobby today if you want to talk with them about, about their ministry. Can I ask right now, can I, can I put people on the spot this week is Veterans Day. Can I ask right now if all of our veterans would stand right now, all of the veterans who have served our country? Thank you. Thank you for serving our country. Thank you for your commitment. Thank you for your sacrifice. And we know that you did that. You signed up because you believed in this principle called freedom. We, we are blessed to live in a free country. And everyone said, Amen. we are blessed. But they, you've heard this phrase before, and it's true. With freedom comes responsibility. And just as you enthusiastically applauded our veterans this, today, you know, Veterans Day is on Friday, I want to challenge you to be just as enthusiastic to vote on Tuesday. That is how we practice our freedom. That is our practice. I, I, I will never tell you how to vote. I, I'll tell you this. Vote your heart. Vote what God lays on your heart. That's, that's why, how I tell you to vote. Vote that way. But that is our freedom, and that is our responsibility. And all of our veterans said, all of our veterans, because that's why they did what they did. And we want to thank you again for that. I want to get right into my message today. We're in a sermon series uh, called Identity. And didn't Dean Anderson do a great job last week? I heard great things about him. Uh, and we, so we're just only continuing talking about this. We're talking about discovering who we are in Christ. I wore a couple people have commented about my T-shirt this morning. Uh, the, the, this fish symbol, if you've ever seen that before, you see back in the New Testament days, that's what people would do to identify. They wouldn't wear these T-shirts, but they would, they would mark in the dirt. They would make this fish symbol to, to let people know, I am a follower of Jesus. They were saying, this is what they're communicating, I have made the decision to live in Christ. I wear his name. Can I ask you this morning, are you wearing his name? Are you wearing his name on your heart? Are you in Christ? You see, I think there's a lot of people who are struggling today because they, have, they don't realize what it means to be in Christ. You see, the moment that you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you invited him into your heart. Jerry, it's good to see you this morning, my friend. <laughs> my good friend Jerry came here. It, 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 the moment that you invited Jesus into your heart, 
You were stamped with his name. His name was placed upon your heart and you became in Christ. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, I'm in Christ today. I'm in Christ. I'm I'm sure you've seen Jesus all over me, but I'm living in Christ. But there's a lot of problems and pain that people have experienced because they've not taken on that identity. Instead, they've taken on a false identity. You see, the the reason why this is so important is your your identity, it shapes the way you live your, your life. Ken Boas said this. He says, we cannot consistently behave in ways that are different from what we believe about ourselves. So your identity, I want you to know this morning, your identity, it does not come from your age, does not come from your gender, what you do, how much you have, what has happened to you, where you've been, what you wear, where you work, it doesn't, your relationships, that's not your identity. Your identity is this, here's how I define identity. Your identity is the person who you really are as defined by God. That's who you are. And many of us, many people wrestle with that, okay? But I want you to know, he alone, he alone is the one who defines your identity. Uh, You've been watching the World Series, it ended, felt like it ended quickly last night. But there's a, a, the, the catcher for the Philadelphia Phillies, I mean, he could, he, he, JT, JT Romato, okay, I think I said that right. JT, he could be, he could be, I'm, I'm a catcher playing the Major League Baseball team, the Philadelphia Phillies. I'm a multimillionaire. I am this, I'm this. But, but listen to what he says about my, his identity. He says, it's extremely important to me in life to know that the first thing I am before I'm a father, before I'm a baseball player, the number one thing I am as a follower of Jesus. That needs to be the first thing in our lives. So who, do, who does God say that I am? I talked about this the other week, and I really felt like it, it really stuck. We talked about that you are a child of God, and there's so much power in being a, a child of God. Today, I want to talk about being more than a conqueror. More than a conqueror. In Romans 8, the Apostle Paul makes some pretty bold proclamations. He says this. He says, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. That means you, you, each and every one of you, each and every one of us deserves to be on death row. Without Christ, we deserve condemnation. I know that's like really harsh, isn't it? Like, well, what did I do? Well, if you have ever sinned, you deserve condemnation. Just let that sink in for a minute. You deserve to be on death row. I just cannot imagine that. I'm just waiting my time until it's my turn to be permanently condemned. But through Christ, Christ says, no, 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 open up the door. Let him out of death row. I will take his place. There is no more condemnation for those who are in Christ. If you're in Christ this morning, raise your hand. Raise you. You have just been set free from death row. You've been set free. Without Christ, all of us are literally living on death row. But through Christ, our condemnation has just been turned into eternal salvation. Let me say that one more time. Your eternal condemnation 
through Christ turned into eternal salvation. Now listen to what else Paul says. Romans 8.35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? So who is it? Who is it that is constantly trying to separate us from God's love? Well, who is it? Well, we talked about him a few weeks ago. We talked about Father God, and we talked about the enemy of our soul, Satan. And we know that we go through trials and tribulations in this life, right? Is there anybody here who's not going through, through difficulties and challenges? And we know that Satan wants to consistently put these challenges in front of us so that we would doubt God's love, so that we would separate ourselves, so that we would con- so that he could convince you that God has abandoned you and doesn't care. You know, I've seen it happen to so many people who have through, they went through a tragic situation. And listen, listen to me. In that tragic situation, maybe it's not happened to you yet, and maybe it will come. That so many people have, at that moment, have walked away from God, forgotten all about his love, his comfort. I want to encourage you, challenge you, if that problem arises today, I want to challenge you, don't run from him, run to him. Run to him. Don't let the enemy separate you from God's love. Let me continue on here. Here's, here's the power verse right here, verse 37. No. Now, when Paul, what, what Paul's saying here is kind of that no, it's a rejection. Right? It's a rejection of Satan's lies. No, don't believe his lies. Don't fall into the trap. Don't allow him to separate you from God. No. Everybody say, No. No, 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 no. You know why you can say no? Because we are more than conquerors. Look at your neighbor and say, you're looking at a conqueror this morning. Um, you're not saying it, you're not saying a conqueror's like. We are more than a conqueror's, how? Through him who loved us. So what Paul just did there, he says, no, I'm gonna direct you to your true identities. We are more than conquerors. That means to be completely victorious with an overwhelming victory. I don't know how many of you watch college football. I love college football. You watch yesterday, there was a score, SMU, Southern Methodist University, beat Houston, the Houston Cougars. Check out this score, 77 to 63. And that's a big game. But that's not, that's not really an overwhelming victory, so let me continue on here. There was a team I read in USA Today. There was a team in Florida that played a team from Canada. I don't understand how that worked. At halftime, this team from Florida was beating the Canadian. It must have been the hockey team, and they must have been wearing their hockey skates because at halftime, the score was 96 to 0. And they canceled the game after that. That's an overwhelming victory. Let me continue on here. We want any Packer fans out there? The most overwhelming victory that the Packers have ever had, 1966. I mean, 1966 here. Where am I at here? 1966. My notes got mixed up. 1966, Green Bay Packers, most lopsided win, defeated the Atlantic Falcons. 56 to 3. 1968, anybody alive to remember that? I, don't, I was not alive. I don't remember that one. But I do remember this one. 
that in 2014, anybody know where I'm going here? The Ohio State Buckeyes defeated the Wisconsin Badgers 59 to nothing in the Big Ten Championship, and everyone said, <laughs> I know, I knew you would. <laughs> that, that, my friends, is an overwhelming victory. <laughs> I really expected a lot of people to just start filing out after that one, but I just couldn't resist that. Overwhelming victory, Paul just said. You are more than a conqueror. You're, like that, that, it's an overwhelming, only through Christ. Christ gives you this incredible victory. It's not one of those close scores. It wasn't like the LSU-Alabama game last night, overtime. No, 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 no. Pam, settle down there. LSU fans got to calm down a little bit. It's not like a close victory. This is an overwhelming. Listen to me. You have overwhelming victory in Christ Jesus. Why do you live in defeat? Why do we live like we're in defeat? You see, it's a lot of times it's in our biggest challenges that we make, that we discover our true identity. Dr. Seuss, somebody said, Lori, you passed this on to me. I thought, that is a good one. Dr. Seuss said this. I don't know which book he wrote it in, but he says, when something bad happens, you have three choices. You can either let it define you, let it destroy you, or you can let it strengthen you. So this morning, quickly here, I want to talk about Three choices for living a conqueror's life. Are you ready? Here we go. Three choices. Three choices. You must choose it. Nobody can choose this for you. You choose it. Number one, we need to choose to reject the lies of the past. Reject the lies of the past. You see, one of the, one of the biggest things that shapes our views is, is, is what's happened to us in our past. Something that has been done to you something that was spoken over you, something that you endured, okay? Our past has a way of, of defining us. And I, I'll share with you this morning, I, I, I got my a, example here. I don't know if anybody of you read this in the newspaper, maybe in 1986, Jackson High School were the Federal League champions, Stark County, Ohio, I was on that team. I'm not hearing any applauses here yet. This, that's like an applause line right here. I'm waiting. That's, that, that's what that pause is here. 1986 champion. See, I grew up in, in Ohio, and that part of the area I'm from is really notorious for high school football. Seriously, it's really big. Uh, Canton McKinley Bulldogs, Maslin Tigers. It's, it's like a well-known rivalry. And, uh, and so I grew up with that. I, like from grade school, man, I was always playing football. That's what I was living for. And so the big deal, and we had so many players on the team, you typically did not start until your senior year when you got into the high school ranks here. So I was just waiting it out. And I was lifting weights, doing all these things my senior year of high school. And I get into the summer practices, and a couple things happen. Number one, I, I, I got injured. I got an injury. But it was one of those things, man, I can fight through. And, you know, but it was, it was a challenge. And then number two, there, the guy who was starting for my position, he was a junior, a junior in high school. And what happened is he, like, he had this tremendous growth spurt that happened from his sophomore to junior year. 
instead of me looking down at him, I was looking up at him. And he became a little bit more of an, an impressive inside linebacker than myself. And number three, I blame on myself. I had a girlfriend, and she was such a distraction. The devil was distracting me. And so my senior year, I, 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 some of you are like, this might be the silliest thing in the world, okay? But this like, I did not start my senior year. Like I had lived for that, my senior year. And we were federal league champs, and I'm watching our team up, up and down the field, winning and winning and winning, and I'm standing on the sidelines feeling like the biggest loser ever. In fact, when we got to the awards banquet, they handed out these jackets. The, 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 the supporters of our, of our high school, they decided to go out and get the, get the seniors a jacket for, 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 for doing that, a special jacket. And that at the awards banquet, they didn't have a jacket for Sheldon Miles. Of all the seniors, they did not have my jacket. And I just... They forgot. They didn't realize that I was a senior. And then there was something that was spoken over to me by the head coach. And it's like that, and I'm not going to tell you what he said, but it stuck. Have you ever had something that was spoken over you that just stuck? And whatever he, what he said to me stuck like after I graduated from high school. And it's, I dreamt about it. Like I could not stop dreaming and I began to become that person, that thing that he spoke over me. And we're talking for years, I wrestled with this. Is anybody relating to this? Somebody did something, you experienced a pain, somebody spoke something over you. And finally I came to the place, I can't, I, why am I dreaming about this? Why am I thinking about this? And I gave it to Jesus. And I decided from that day, I'm going to reject the lies of the enemy. I'm going to reject the lies of my past. I don't live there anymore. This is not my identity. This is not who God created me to be. And I needed to reject that. And my life changed after that moment. And that's what Paul challenges us to do. I believe that the apostle Paul, he had a past he had something that maybe was spoken over him. We know that Paul, he made some really poor choices before he became in Christ. Listen to what he says here. He says, I focus on this one thing. I, I, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and to receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. You see, I think Paul, what he resolved is my past Whatever was spoken over me no longer defines me. This is not who I am. And I don't have to continue to live in this pain any longer. You see, in Christ, I am a new person. That old is gone and the new has come. And so therefore, I'm not going to focus on it. I'm going to reject any time the past keeps coming up. I'm like, I'm going to say to want to say what Paul said. Remember what he said earlier? No, let's practice that. No, no. You see, Satan, I am more than a conqueror. 
That no longer defines me. That's not who I am anymore. Can I just say this as a side note here? This is huge. I have discovered that in these moments, though, you cannot move forward until you deal with an important issue. You cannot forget what you refuse to forgive. We just need to just let that sit. You see, I needed to forgive that man who spoke that over to me. He has no idea. No, he was just being a coach. That's what coaches say. But for some reason, it's stuck. And I needed to forgive him. And if Paul tells us this, that I need, we need to get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, we need to be kind. Forgive one another, just as through Christ, God has forgiven me. I knew that I needed, if I was going to live my true identity, I had to forgive that man. And for some of you today, that is the biggest thing. To reject your past, you're going to have to forgive what was done, what was spoken, the hurt that you received. You're going to have to forgive. That's the only way you can do it. You're going to have to forgive. So this morning I ask you, who is it you need to forgive? Who is that person? Maybe that person, and I'm sure that Paul felt this way, that person that he needed to forgive was himself. Let me continue here. Three choices for living the conqueror's life. Number one, I'm gonna choose to reject the lies of the past. Number two, I'm gonna choose to embrace God's truth for today. You see, one of the biggest reasons so many Christians feel defeated is that they don't know the truth of their identity. They don't know. Jesus says this, if you will just know the truth, the truth will set you free. You see, let me say this. You will always, listen, I think you can, you, can, you can put this down as an always. Pastor, you're not supposed to say always, but I think this is an always true right here. You will always fall for the lies when you don't know the truth. You will always fall for the lies. Now, let me tell you another story here. My college days, I remember just being young and kind of immature, not really knowing what was happening in the world. I mean, I had some foundations. And I remember it is an election time, just like right now, just right now. I think it may have been a midterm election. And I remember watching the commercials, and I remember this one candidate, and I thought he was funny. I'm like, I could relate to a guy like that. Like, yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. And I don't know what he believes. I don't know what he's, he's doing for. I'm going to vote for that guy. And so sure enough, when I get, went to the polls and everything, and I voted for that guy, and we're just chuckling. That's a funny commercial. I can really relate to that. I'm like, he probably stands for a lot of the things that I stand for. It's probably two years later that I became just a little bit more educated. And there was a very controversial issue that was in our country. You know how it happens, okay? Very controversial and I'm just kind of curious, how, I just found out that that senator that I had been taking part in helping to elect was standing for an issue that I am 100% against. And as I begin to do a little bit more investigating, I'm like, oh my goodness, we couldn't be any farther apart in our views of the world. And I felt ashamed. I felt embarrassed. I'm like, oh my goodness, I feel like 
I feel like his commercials were maybe a little manipulative that I fell for a lie. But here's the deal. I fell for the lie because I didn't know the truth. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about election. I'm not talking about politics here. But how many times do we fall for the enemy's lies because we don't know the truth? We don't know the truth of our identity. Here's the truth. If you're going to live the life of a conqueror, if you're going to live the conqueror's life, you've got to know these few things here. First of all, you need to know God. You must know God as more than just to have a knowledge of him, but you need to know him as your Lord and Savior. Second of all, you need to know God's word. Oh, please, please listen to me. Don't fall for that same mistake that I did as an immature college student. I fell for a lie. If I had only known the truth, I would have never, never marked that person's name. Don't fall for the lie. Know God's word and know the truth of what God says about you. I'm going to give you, in a few weeks here, we're going to give you a pamphlet so that you know who you are with scripture versus who you are in Christ. And then last of all, know what you believe. If you're going to wear the name, know what you believe. Three choices for living the conquer life. Choose to reject the lies of the past. Choose to embrace God's truth for today. And lastly, choose to live out God's purpose for your life. See, one of the most important questions that each and every person here is longing to know the answer to. What is my purpose? What is my purpose? Now, I cannot tell you exact detail of your purpose. But I can give you a big picture that all of us can fall into. Paul tells us, or Peter tells us, 1 Peter 2, 9, says, you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's, only, God's very own possession. I, 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 was, I'll spend more, I can spend more time on that, on that later, what he just said there. But as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. Paul has just given you your purpose. What he just said there is we have been created to glorify God. Let that stick for a moment. Your purpose is to glorify God. To glorify God means to demonstrate God's goodness in your world through your life. You're to demonstrate, so if you wear the name You need to live the life. You need to live the life more than just with your words, but in your actions. People need to see the Jesus in you lived out. We need to glorify God so that each and every day we wake up and like, okay, I got a decision. Who am I gonna live for? Am I gonna live for me because that's what I really wanna do or am I gonna live for God? Because the only way you can glorify God is to say, God, let your will be done and not my will be done. And the best way that I see that we can, that we can live out and glorify God is I say this. The best way to do that is live in your sweet spot. What, your sweet spot. What is your sweet spot? What is it that when you're doing it, you are just... I love this. I was 
created for this. Oh, I love this. Do you know what your sweet spot is this morning? I love being a pastor. I love the church. I, when, when you share about what you're doing around the world, I'm excited. I love that. I love people. I love to see people come from the darkness into the light of Jesus. I love it. I love the church. And so I feel like I'm living in my sweet spot. Are you living in your sweet spot? You're living in your sweet spot. Some of you are like, oh, pastor, if you knew the job that I had. I'm like, okay, I hear you. I hear you. I hear what you're saying. Because not every job is easy. But how can you live this, through the sweet spot in your life? Discover your sweet spot. Discover what that is. And then begin to ask God, say, God, I give to you this gift. I give it to you. And God, I'm asking you, you gave me this gift. Will you show me how to take this gift and glorify you? Not me. How can I glorify you? God, show me how to. God gave you your sweet spot. It's a gift from God. God just wants you to take it. Instead of glorifying yourself, instead of you making from it, God wants you to live in it and through it for him. So three choices for living the conqueror's life. You're here today. I'm more than a, you're more than a conqueror. Choose to reject the lies of the past. Tell Satan, no, I don't live there anymore. Choose to embrace God's truth for today. The only way you can live the truth is you gotta know the truth. Number three, you got to choose to live out God's purpose for your life. Live, discover your sweet spot and live in that sweet spot. I know this is super simplistic, but there's so much to gain from here. Can I just throw out a little nugget here? In a few weeks here, on the 20th, we're going to have a worship night, okay? I encourage you, oh, come out for the, the worship nights. have been so awesome here. we got a great worship team. But we decided... That's a, a night of celebration and we no service. We just want to just have a great time. We're going to practice. We're going to do baptisms on that night, the 20th. You know what baptism, how many of you have been baptized before, baptized in water? Yeah, excellent. You know what your baptism was? It is a recognition and a celebration of God's victory in your life. It's a recognition and it's a celebration that you became a more than a conqueror. And, and I want to encourage, I'm going to go, I, I, because I love being a pastor, I'm going to do more than encourage. I'm going to challenge you. If you've not been baptized, why? It's your declaration of this is my, this is who I am in Christ. I wear the name of Jesus. I want to challenge you. Get signed up today. Next week, there's going to be a training, and we're going to talk to you at the end of the service briefly about what it means to be baptized. I want to challenge you. If you've not been baptized, I want to challenge you to sign up today, show up next week, and be baptized on the 20th. And we're going to have a great celebration that night. Thank you, Jesus, for what we've done. You are more than a conqueror. This morning, before I close out this message, I want to ask you, 
the, the, the most important question, before you can claim the identity, you have to be it. Have you made the decision to accept Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and Savior? Are you in Christ? And if today you want to live, your, you want to make that decision, I want to wear the name of Jesus because my name's getting me nowhere. My false identities have just made me just a miserable person. I want to be in Christ today. You can make that decision by just praying right after me. Everybody bow your heads with me and just say, God, I need you. I recognize what you did for me through your son, Jesus Christ, who died for me on the cross. You took my place. I am therefore no more in condemnation, but I now have freedom through Jesus. I ask you, that you would come and live inside of me. Forgive me of my sins. I'm choosing today to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. And everyone said, amen. Can we give God praise for his salvation?